Jeff, I've always liked downtown Concord, New Hampshire. I lived here. I love this place. I mean, it's a city. It's, it's the state capital, but it kind of feels like a town at the same time. Yep, I totally get that. It's got that quaint New England charm to it. Even here in Bicentennial Square in the heart of downtown. Okay, we're going to make a right onto Warren Street here. And there's our destination right up there on the left. That two and a half story brick building there? Yep, that's the one. The one that says police station at the top. Yeah, that's it. All right. It's obviously not a police station anymore. Looks like a restaurant now. And that it is. Let's head inside. Jeff, this is a Mexican restaurant, and I used to eat here all the time. (laughs) Yeah, when you lived here, sure. Uh, So we're going to head south of the border, you know, sort of, to one of Concord's most famous haunts, Margarita's Mexican Restaurant, located inside this former police station and jail. And we're here to look for a ghost named George. Hola amigos, I'm Jeff Belanger, and welcome to episode 299 of the New England Legends podcast. And I'm Ray Osier. Thanks for joining us on our mission to chronicle every legend in New England one story at a time. We're always on the hunt for ghosts, monsters, aliens, roadside oddities, true crime, eccentrics, and all the other things that make New England like no other place. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast because it's free and we don't want you to miss a thing. And before we head south of the border-ish to look for a ghost named George, we want to take just a minute to tell you about our sponsor, Nuati Herbals. Jeff, I'm clicking through the Nuati Herbals website and I have a problem. What kind of problem? It's a problem of abundance. Mm, that is the best kind of problem to have. Nuati Herbals has so many varieties of teas for the mind, body, and spirit. Plus, they're bombs and oils, soaps, and bath salts. It's tough to know what to pick. Yeah, I get it. And Rod and Kimberly from Nuati Herbals get it too. They just added a great guide to their website to help you figure out which products are right for you. Check this out. Oh, that's nice. It's broken into sections. Yep. Comforting relaxation, invigorating energy, healthy skin, healthy body. And in each of these sections, they list the teas and spa products that fit the need. Plus another section for their flavored teas and coffees, Because sometimes you just want a treat. Sure. And if you're still stuck for ideas, by all means, reach out to Rod and Kimberly through their website and they'll help you out. Let Nuati Herbals help support your healthy lifestyle. Check out the Nuati Herbals website to see all their great products. And of course, you get 20% off your order when you use the promo code LEGENDS20 at checkout. Visit NuatiHerbals.com. That's N-U-W-A-T-I Herbals with an S dot com. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are just $15 a month, when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't a catch. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores, passing those sweet, sweet savings directly to you, my darklings. It has been such a good change for me. I've saved so much money in switching over to Mint Mobile with all of my family and so many people bleeding me dry. I was so happy to find some relief, and Mint Mobile has been that relief valve. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans for just 15 bucks a month. So say bye-bye to overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills, and unexpected overages, and say hello to relief. Thank you, Mint Mobile, to get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. 
Go to mintmobile.com slash p60. That's mintmobile.com slash p60. Cut your wireless bills to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash p60. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Okay, Jeff, we're looking for a ghost named George. Yeah. Um, yeah, two margaritas made with Patron, and we'll start with some fresh guacamole. Uh, thanks, Sorry, we're looking for a ghost named George in a Mexican restaurant in downtown Concord. Yeah, we are. But as you notice when we walk in, this is a former police station. Mm. It was built in 1890. Well, now that you mention it, it's pretty obvious from the inside, too. Plus, upstairs, there's still jail cells along the wall. And inside each cell is a dining table. Should we move up there? Oh, we totally should. Excuse me, could we uh, switch our table to one upstairs in a jail cell? Of course. Thank you. Perfect. Okay, now this feels like a jail. You know, with corn chips, salsa, <laughs> guacamole, and margaritas. Cheers. Cheers. Ray, you've got something in your teeth, huh? Cilantro, maybe? Uh, did I get it? Yeah, yeah, you got it. You, you should always tell someone, right? Absolutely, yeah, thank you. Okay, so anyway, do we know how to conduct a ghost investigation or what? <laughs> yeah, I could get used to this kind of food and spirits. <laughs> uh, I see what you did there. So I guess now we wait for the ghost of George to drift by? We can try that, sure. I mean, so witnesses report glasses move on their own. They'll see a shadowy figure drifting by out of the corner of their eye. And of course, whenever someone drops a dish or a glass, they blame it on the ghost of George. All right, here's a little more background on this building. As you said before, it was built in 1890. Those garage bays on the western part of the building were added in 1915 when the Concord police got police vehicles. Uh, And it operated as a police station all the way until 1975. So 85 years of arrests and police activity inside this old building. That's a lot of history to cover as we search for one ghost named George. So let's hone in on 1945. It's February 24th, 1945, and we're in jail. Not the jail cell we just left in Concord, New Hampshire. We're in the Council Bluffs, Iowa jail on the sixth floor. We're a long way from home, Ray. We are, as are these two inmates, 31-year-old Edgar Cook, originally from Boston, and 37-year-old John Giles from Oklahoma. These two are bank robbers and car thieves, though Giles is also wanted for the murder of a North Dakota deputy. These two now find themselves in the Council Bluffs jail. You know, they, they call this place escape-proof. Yeah, I can see why. I mean, even if these guys somehow manage to get out of their cells... They have six floors, guards on watch, and five more steel doors to get through before they could get outside. And even then, what would they do next? These guys are experts at getting into safes by punching their way through. Punching? (laughs) Come on. You'd break your hand. Clearly, you're not down with the criminal lingo. I guess not. Punching is when you saw or hammer off a combination dial on a safe, and then you jam a steel bar into the core and whack it with a hammer until the core is knocked out and the tumblers fall out, uh, opening the safe. Oh, got it. Well, that's all well and good, but there's no hammers, saws, or steel rods up here. No, but they do have a plan for escaping. One of the men was able to sneak a saw into the cell under his clothes. But guards heard him sawing and confiscated the tool. The guards missed a saw? (laughs) This isn't a state prison. It's a county jail. Okay. Prisoners aren't supposed to stay here too long, just until their trials, and then they're off to state prison. But yeah, they missed it. Still, I imagine it would take a, a while to saw through these bolts and bars. I mean, it's tough to cover all that noise. In their next escape attempt, Cook and Giles pulled the stuffing out of their mattresses and planned to use one of the iron bars from their bed frame as a weapon. 
The plan is to ignite a small fire in the corner of their cells, and when the guards rush in to save them, whack, they hit the guards and escape. But that attempt doesn't go so well when the guards catch them pulling the stuffing out from their bedding, and the guards put a stop to it. And that's when Cook speaks up. We'll be leaving here one of these days. We'll be leaving. And we'll leave in that blue car down there. Cook is pointing to that police car down in the parking lot. (laughs) And with that, the officer walks away. But Cook and Giles are not deterred. Because they're an escape risk, they're only allowed to have toothbrushes, tobacco, and cigarette papers. They're fed on paper plates and with wooden spoons. Still, these guys spend all day scheming about their escape. Hey, uh, what is that that Cook found in the corner? Uh, It looks like a broken metal tweezer. Not much you can do with that. What's he doing with the tweezer? That looks like Cook is whittling his wooden spoon with it. Man, his, his face just lit up. He obviously has some kind of idea. What's he doing now? He's wetting the cigarette rolling papers and stuffing them into the door lock with a splinter from the wooden spoon. What would he do with that? Oh, look, check it out. He's creating a mold of the key lock tumblers. And now he's carving up his toothbrush with that end of the tweezer to match the mold of the rolling papers. Lights out! With the prison dark and quiet, Cook and Giles wait a few hours and then... Okay, Cook is fumbling with the lock with the toothbrush key. Oh, man, he got the cell door open. He got Giles' door open, too. Cook and Giles are making their way down the hall. They're getting through the other doors, too. I haven't seen one guard. Cook and Giles are outside and tiptoeing toward the police car parked by the building. By now, the police inside the Council Bluffs jail have figured out... It's a jailbreak. Officers run outside and fire shots at the fleeing car. But the two make their getaway. And just like that, the two bandits have stolen the very police car they said they'd steal. They drive out of town and boost a different car before heading northeast to Cook's hometown of Boston. These two desperados are trying to get far away from Iowa. But along the way, they're robbing stores and people. They're gathering money and guns as they travel from town to town. They're armed and dangerous. The whole nation is looking for them. Newspapers across the country are running stories about their jailbreak. Once in New England, Cook and Giles figure Boston authorities may be on the lookout for them considering Cook's Boston roots, so they head further north to the city of Concord, New Hampshire. The plan is to lie low for a bit and plan their next move. It's Friday, March 2nd. Giles and Cook decide to split up for a few hours. Giles is going to take in a movie. A new motion picture murder mystery called The Suspect. How appropriate. I know, right? And Cook is going to take a walk downtown. Meanwhile, a Concord police officer spots a car with Kansas plates. He doesn't see too many of those around here. So he jots down the license plate number. Sure enough, when he checks back at the station, it's on a list of stolen vehicles. Considering where it came from, now police suspect Giles and Cook may be in town. Police and FBI move quickly. Inside the car with Kansas plates, police find a shotgun, a rifle, drills, sledgehammers, and pinch bars. And now authorities are almost certain Giles and Cook are in town. Everyone's on high alert. Concord officers are patrolling the streets and walking the beat. At the movie theater, the suspect is just letting out, which is almost poetic because the suspect, John Giles, is just heading out to the street when authorities spot him. Freeze! Though Giles has a loaded pistol in his pocket, he can still see multiple guns pointed at him. It's over. He surrenders. 
Cook doesn't fare much better. He's nabbed just a few blocks away. Both men are brought to the Concord police station and thrown inside two cells. Guards are told to stay and watch. These two have a habit of slipping out of jail. Concord police are ready to make sure it won't happen on their watch. And it doesn't. After sitting in the Concord jail for just a few days, the FBI arranged to bring the two back to Iowa to stand trial. The papers dubbed them the Toothbrush Bandits, and their life of crime and their freedom ends right here in this Concord jail. And that brings us back to today. And today, this police station and jail turned Mexican restaurant is haunted by George. George is a pretty common name. Sure. Hundreds of Georges must have come and gone through this building over the years. True, but the most famous, the most notorious George lost his freedom permanently inside this building. John Giles, it turns out, was just an alias for a bank robber, car thief, and murderer named George Stubblefield. No way. That's amazing. And today, every strange knock, cold spot, odd shadow, and weird noise gets attributed to a man who passed through these cells on his way back to justice and a life in prison. It's what we do. We try to pin a label on everything unexplained, even if it's only to try to make ourselves feel better. And feeling good is what After the Legend is all about. After the Legend is brought to you by our Patreon patrons. Our patrons get early and ad-free access to all of our new episodes, plus bonus episodes and content that no one else gets to hear. It's just three bucks per month, and it goes a long way in helping our mission to find every legend in New England. If you can help the cause, please head over to patreon.com slash newenglandlegends to sign up. And if you'd like to see some pictures of the two bandits and the restaurant, you can click on the link in our episode description or go to our website and look for episode 299. How come a movie was never made about these guys? It seems like a, a prime script. It's uh, The nationwide headlines were uh, captivating because... We didn't go into it too much, but they had escaped another jail too. Yeah. And so um, these are just slippery characters and smart. Um, they had one of them had like the highest IQ they had ever seen in one of the jails. So um, smart and cunning and found a way to escape a six story jail with a tweezer, a toothbrush and a wooden spoon and some paper. It's very unfortunate, though, that they ended up with the toothbrush bandits. That's, I know. Right. It sounds like somebody like Encyclopedia Brown took down. We should, we should rewind to where you said, I wonder why they never made a movie about this. And you just answered the question. <laughs> I've got the title right here. Toothbrush Bandits. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, next. <laughs> We're going to pass. You know who could be in this, though? Matt and Ben. Matt and Ben. And which, their ice cream. Right. And you're on a first name basis with Matt. Uh, I said that earlier. Matt and you Damon looked at me, yeah. Ben Affleck. Yes. Anyway. No. Um, I love Concord. Concord is yeah. probably a third home to me. I, I mm-hmm. lived there for quite some time. Not well, three years, but you were the morning lovely guy. Lovely right? town. Yeah. Yeah. Kid Cruise. Kid Cruise. 105.5. Eight here at this restaurant. I did. It was a great restaurant. They had the best, well, margaritas. Yeah. I, you have to yeah. have good margaritas and margaritas. Yeah. So I was thinking about uh, the idea of when you go to a, a building, any kind of building, but especially one with a haunted reputation, you can't help but sort of put yourself into the contextual feel mm. of what it's like. Mexican restaurants are colorful. The music's sure. loud. The food is great, you know, and crunchy chips and all that stuff. But when you're in a jail cell, like your mind drifts just a little bit to where you're like, oh, last meal. <laughs> well, or think about like people that were put here. I mean, oh, it's, yeah. it's a jail. It wasn't a prison. And the difference is jail is like you just got arrested running out of a bank. Yeah. You haven't gone to trial yet. Held there. Yeah. yeah, you are innocent till proven guilty. So you're you're being held there. But still, how many people sat right where you're eating your chips and salsa and said, 
uh, how did I get here? Right. Like what went wrong? My life is over. Oh no. Cause yeah. I, I mean, I wonder if, uh, we don't know obviously a lot about ghosts and, and spirits and yeah. entities like that. We, we assume that they have to die there to haunt there. Yeah. Right. But his life was over at that point. Perhaps that's where he ended up in right. the afterlife because that's when his life pretty much ended. Or maybe sometimes a, a ghost is just like an emotional, uh, leftover, you know, imprint. Oh, it could on, be that on a place, yeah, yeah. right? Where you just you feel that sort of despair. Um, if you're if you're sort of looking for it, and of course the music and the food is a big distraction from that. But the cells are cell doors are still there. Yeah, right? it's it's an odd choice for a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> right. Obviously, they didn't build it from scratch to be yeah. a Mexican restaurant. Yeah, yeah. But it was a cool, um, and it's in a back alley, and yep. it's it's really it's it's a neat place. And right outside, I mean, they still have the embossed you know yep. stonework that says police station. Yeah, that was it. That was the police station for the longest time. But yeah, you um, you can't help but sort of put your mind in, into that place and. And these notorious criminals, um, they're mentioned by name on the plaque outside. Oh, and, they are? So, I don't yeah. think I've ever noticed that. Yeah, it's a, the, the, you know, the most notorious bandits that came through here were, were these guys, the toothbrush bandits. And, mm. Toothbrush um, bandits. I know, tough, tough moniker. They're like, we've done so much cooler stuff than that. We've killed people. You know, we've done... Well, in Home Alone, and, they, uh, I think it was Marv dubbed them the, the wet bandits. Oh, no, right. The, whatever, the, the, I think the kitchen it was the sink bandits. bandits or yeah, something? and the other guy hated that. It's yeah. like, we're cooler than that. Why are you giving us a dumb name? Yeah, because he would leave this, the water on in the yeah. sink and flood the kitchen. <laughs> like, what an insult to injury, right? Right. Uh, Toothbrush no. bandits. You know, we used hammers too and yeah. saws. Yeah. How about the hammer and bandits? <laughs> yeah, we were we were terrible. Um, but yeah, no, the idea of uh, just being on the lam and stealing a car and... Um, yeah, I'll be honest with you. It's a little exciting. It's totally exciting. <laughs> but but think about how different it was back then. So a police officer in Concord saw a, an out-of-state plate, far mm. out-of-state, Kansas. We're not talking like Massachusetts or something, like Kansas plates and said, I'm going to write this down. Because today they have computers in their cars, right? Right. They could just run a plate and be like, "Hey, I've got, a, I've got a, my spidey sense is tingling. Uh, I'll run this plate," and they go, "Oh, geez, it's listed as stolen." Boom, right there. Probably had to wait because he went and got lunch, right? And maybe took a nap in the squad car, I and then know. went back to, towards the end of the day. It's like, "Oh, I got this in my pocket. Let's yeah. check this number. Let's look this up. instead of looking like you said, right on your phone or yeah. your little computer in your car." But solve the caper, doing just old time gut feeling and then search the car, find these weapons and and then realize like, oh, I think I know who this is. Yeah. These guys are wanted. And coming back to, I mean, where do you go? You know, like, like back then, if they went their separate ways and just went to some obscure small towns and just tried to blend in. Yeah. Maybe they would have got away with it, but they stay together. Well, with the Kansas Kansas plates too, that's kind of silly. You think they would have changed that out at some point? Even today, if you see a car around here around with Kansas here? plates, you'd be like, oh, I don't see many of those. I don't think I've ever seen yeah. any. Well, maybe on the highway. On but, the highway for sure. Yeah, but not just at the movie theater. Yeah, right. Yeah. It, it would stand out even yeah. even in today's world where people get around a lot more than they used to. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I love the idea that. And then, of course, Concord cops know they've already escaped multiple jails, including the Council Bluffs one that was supposed to be inescapable. Right. And so I'm sure it was just like officers took shifts right in front of the, you know, <laughs> you just sit in this chair and watch them. Yeah. They're not getting out on our watch. You right. know, let the FBI lose them or someone else, but not us. Yeah. And the cops outside the jail cells were thinking to themselves, you know, what would be really cool is if they served food yeah, up I could, here. I, I could, could really get into that. I could go for a margarita right now. <laughs> right you know now. I mean? Like, what's hmm. a margarita? <laughs> this would make a great restaurant, this wouldn't it? This would be awesome. Uh, no. I, and if, if you read the um, the old newspaper accounts from, like, the Council Bluffs Jail and so on, like, the, the, the press interviews the, the chief. Mm. 
who they're just, they're just like, how did you mess this up, Chief? How did you lose these guys? <laughs> right. And what can you say other than we clearly? I mean, you got to own that. Yeah. They got out. They're not supposed to. Our jo- our one job is to keep them locked in, and and we messed up. You know how else they got caught? Oh, they were in Concord, right? And the cops saw two guys with like really clean teeth. Mm. So that's kind of odd around here. Yeah. Whoa. Disparaging toothbrush, people. toothbrush bandits, clean teeth. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. It's those guys. Gotcha. That was, it was attempted a joke. So he. So uh, <laughs> when when Giles walked out, like the sun hit the tooth and it just <laughs> ding, like there's a little like ding, right? Yeah. And the they freeze. Make a movie. That's our guy. <laughs> um, no. Oh, by the way, too, if you go to episode two ninety nine on our website, we have photos of the bandits from their uh, mug shots, so you can check them out as well. You should click on our website because you can see our calendar of events where you can find my band, the Pub Kings, plus the dates for Jeff's ongoing story tour. Plus, all of our past episodes are on our website and video clips from the New England Legends television series on Amazon Prime. And you can reach out to us anytime on the website with your own story leads. We love hearing from you and love when you share our podcast with your friends. Thank you so much to Marv Anderson for lending his voice acting talents this week. Thank you to our sponsor, New Audio Herbals. Thanks so much to our Patreon patrons. And our theme music is by John Judd. Until next time, remember, the bazaar is closer than you think.